today on the show, a movie full of love and laughter, a heart-to-heart talk with the saint, how beauty will save the world. Our picks of the week and so much more, The Catholic Underground starts now. Yes, indeed. It is time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. This is episode 383. I'm Kathleen Lee. Ooh, that rhymed. Yeah. You like that? Mm-hmm. Joining me this week are, of course, Olivia Galino. She is the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Kathleen. Yes, indeed. We also have... <laughs> Look at you. I'm so excited that he's here. We have Father J.D. Mathern. He's the Vocations Director and the Head of Youth Formation for the Diocese of home with Thibodeau right what's down up? the road. What's up, what's up, what's up? Yes, we love having, like, this is your first time, and I'm, yes, I'm, it is, it good is, things are long time listener, yeah. oh. yes, first time, first time caller, it's going to be crazy, <laughs> awesome. Of course, we have Jeff Blackwell, who is our technical director of CU and commandant of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite, how goes it up there? Uh, great, we're filling up the tip jar just fine, we're the only, uh, yeah, we're the only satellite in the fleet that has a tip jar here. I how do we get one of those down here? Uh, we we got to get that arrangement. Father Chris gets back. Uh, of course, <laughs> we have Ed Ball, here. our yeah. video director, Over who there. is <laughs> hanging out in the ball pit. Hello, Ed. Good to have you. Um, yes, this is our last week without our good Father Chris Decker. He will, yeah. uh, fingers crossed, be back. Um, <laughs> he has been traveling the world, um, literally traveling the world. Yeah. He is um, now back Somewhat. Uh, would you consider it stateside? North America. Con- yeah. He's yeah, continent side. From the continent. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's in know. Canada. Um, and so he's close. He's America's real close. <laughs> America's <laughs> That's <hat>. nice. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's so be that kind of night. Yes. <laughs> We're so excited that you guys are here with us. Maybe you're listening um, on the radio. Maybe you're listening uh, and watching on Facebook. Hello to all of our our Father JD fans, he's bringing in yeah. a, a large pool tonight. Uh, maybe you'll listen to this podcast in the near future. Um, we're super excited that you are here with us and that you've stuck with us. I know, um, Olivia, I'm going to speak on behalf of, of you and Jeff and, and Ed. Um, we are so grateful that you have stuck with us these past four months. Yeah. Four months where Father Chris just handed over the reins to us and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> to it's Europe. basically like someone just like left their baby with you for four months. Yes. And we're and like just you can do it. Have fun. I'll yeah. be back. Yeah. So and, and we waved and, and cried a little bit. And but, cried. Yes. But we are so grateful that you've stuck with us and have been so gracious, um, listeners and, and watchers and, and encouragers. You know, I've gotten a couple of text messages from people um, just throughout these four months. Some emails. Um, and so we're we're we love y'all. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, and I, I have a little bit of back chat for next oh. time. Oh, okay. Yeah, you reminded me of something, but I'll leave it at that. So okay. tune in next time, guys. Tune in next That's time. That's all I have to say. Yes. Well, if you are listening live, we just had uh, Thanksgiving, right? Maybe this is time. My family used to go to the movies at Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Like Thanksgiving night when, you know, um, everything's kind of done because we have Thanksgiving lunch instead of dinner. Oh, okay. Okay. And then what are we going to do? Let's go to the movies. And there is actually, a, there, a couple of movies have come out that have been really good. Most of the time now that I'm older, 
Um, I'm a harsh critic of what comes out on the screen. I'm like, that's just garbage. Garbage these days. Like, As an adult, are. that is your right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I turned into an old cranky Aunt Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They happens. don't make movies like they used that's, to. They don't. Well, there is actually a, a new movie out um, called Instant Family. Oh, I've heard of this one. Yes, mm. and it's, it's being hailed as a great uh, pro-adoption movie. Nice. Um, and, and I love me some Mark Wahlberg. Mm. He yes. is. I love him. Um, and he is, he is a great Catholic American man. Catholic. Right? So wait, Catholic. wait, wait, wait. You could this movie be called Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? It could be. <laughs> wow. Alternate we should have we should have That's what I'm gonna call maybe it. Maybe that's like maybe that maybe that will be the sequel. <laughs> they oh. become the funky they, they bunch. They become the funky This is bunch. really a prequel yes. to his the greatness of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. This is my truth now. So what's really cool about this movie is uh, it's become really a pleasant surprise to anyone who has lived in the world of adoption and foster care. Um, and, uh, of course, the, f- the film features Mark Wahlberg as the dad, as Pete, um, and Rose Byrne, who... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember her. Um, as the mom, Ellie. And they're an upper-class um, uh, married couple who decide kind of on a whim uh, to foster three children. Right? I, I, like... I would love to see how that on a whim just works. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does that conversation look like? Right. And so it's, it's been really cool because movies that feature foster care and adoption storylines um, often have kind of been critiqued uh, that they they miss an opportunity to highlight the whole picture. Right. Um, and this film is, is special because the director, Sean Anders, um, is actually an adoptive father of three. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it really, the film has a really um, unique level of honesty about yeah. let's look at what does this look like. And I think that's important, especially when it's, uh, you know, these three children that they adopt are, um, are not babies. Yeah. You know, they're older kids. And, and that's usually um, kind of a tougher story to look at. Right. Um, and so there, the, the film has been refreshingly honest in five distinct ways. You know, we love our lists around here. Right. Um, number one. Although this can be kind of a heavy topic of adoption and yeah. uh, and all that goes with it, uh, the comedy is surprising, right? Those who have seen it. Um, and so it's, it talks about one of the best scenes um, in there that mo- whether you're a parent, whether you're an aunt, I know I have uh, uh, a niece and two nephews. I have experienced this in my life, right? Um, the parents bring all three of their foster children to the store and the youngest one, her name is Lita, right? Mm. She, um, she wants this certain Barbie doll, right? And they, she's locked eyes on it. She wants it. She's not going anywhere without it. And the mom, right, says no. Mm. And of course, all hell ensues, right? Um, like everybody's watching the meltdown in the middle of the, of the store, right? And, um, and so it just, it's, it's a funny thing, right? When you're in the middle of it and you've got a, a toddler wailing on, and throwing a fit on the floor, it's not so funny, Right, but when you look back on it, some of those stories that my mom shares at Thanksgiving include me doing this, right? It happens mm-hmm. usually in the cereal aisle, yeah. right between yeah, yeah. like the cocoa puffs and like the fruity pebbles, right? <laughs> no, no, Father, how would you know that? I, I, I mean, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, cocoa dino bites, malto meal, <laughs> off brand, all day. How does he know that? Yeah. Because Five he threw his back. own pan- tantrum on Friday. Uh, yeah, oh. it, was, it was like Black Friday shopping. That is, it's me. just the cereal like, aisle. Yeah. It's just the cereal aisle any Friday. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and so what's cool about that is the film showcases like the importance of finding humor in those in those moments. And we were sharing earlier before the show just about crazy family life and how that's highlighted at the holidays. Um, and and it gives you some perspective, right? Even in the toughest of times, you can look back and say, "Man, I'm glad that I have those times." You know, even when we were sharing about you know our, our own Thanksgiving. Uh, adventures, right? <laughs> I can look back and say that was stressful and I had some serious anxiety, but I'm really thankful that, you know, that I have family, yeah, family that is, is able to, to gather and celebrate. And it's messy and it's, it, it's messy and it's hard sometimes, but right. it's all worth it. Yeah. And so much fun. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Number two, um, what's awesome about this movie is that it's brutally honest, right? Um, all three children in this story, in the Instant Family, um, have major challenges and hurts uh, that they're working through, that they're bringing into this family. Um, and a lot of the, the plot focuses on the oldest, do- the oldest child, the daughter, um, Lizzie. And she's 15 years old, and she's had to kind of be the mom. Her mom is, has struggled with some, um, some drug addictions, and mm. she's been in and out of jail. And so, like, she's had to be tough, right? She's had to, at 15 years old, probably before then, had to become a mom, become an adult. Um, and you see the struggle within this family when somebody who has, who has had, to, um, had to grow up and has had to um, face life experiences like that before they were really able to, to really you know, face them well. Um, what happens when somebody tries to give them genuine love? Yeah. Right? There's often a pushback, mm-hmm. um, you know, a distrust. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think that's one of the things and I, I, I'm not, I don't have adoption in my family, but I do have friends, of course, who are adopted um, and just kind of learning. What does that look like? What is what is it's not like going, you know, to pick up a puppy and mm-hmm. your puppy comes home yeah. and it's the cutest thing. And there's this child and there's no problem. Mm-hmm. Right. They bring their own experiences to a family like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie um, highlights that very well. And number three, it debunks foster care myths. Yes. Right. Instant Family tackles misconceptions that so many people believe when considering becoming a foster parent. Right? One, misconception. You have to be really special to foster a kid. Mm. You have to have the perfect house. You have to be the perfect person. Um, and not everyone is meant to foster or adopt a child, but, but you don't have to be superhuman mm-hmm. to do it. Um, can you love a child? Right? That's what they need. Mm. Yeah. Ordinary people with problems of their own. Um, I look at my own parents. Right. If, if they were, you know, if they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. But they have their own faults. And, and I've grown up great because of the love that they've given me. Right. Mm. Um, misconception. Number two, older kids are too far gone. Mm. Right. That's again, what I love about this movie is it highlights this, this idea of, of adoption with older kids. And these are, um, right, they, they tend to come sometimes with more challenges. Right. Uh, but the challenge, of course, is worth it to cr- create a family, to to be able to give them a place where they can come and and not be an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I kind of think like when you're saying that it's almost like um, whenever I talk to friends and stuff, they're like they're studying education right now. Right. And they're like, well, what year, you know, what do you want to teach? And they say something like high school. I know some people react to that and they freak out. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, wait, high school. Really? Yeah. Today? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But. In reality, like if we don't have hope for everyone, right. then what's like, it, you know, it's just it, yeah. it, it seems like there's a there's a struggle. Sure. If we if we're going to write off a complete generation, like mm-hmm. it's, right. it's, it's you can't do that. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, and though that generation is they they feel it. Mm-hmm. They want to be they want to be loved. They want to be known. They want to they want people to ask them about their life. 
but they're like, nobody does, so what does it matter? Right. right. You know? um, so number four, right, uh, it celebrates marriage. Yes, right? It can be difficult to find a contemporary movie uh, nowadays that paints marriage in a positive light. Right? You see any TV show or movie that's out there, they're not always celebrating marriage. Right. And so instant family not only honors this marriage, right, this idea of marriage or this our sacrament of marriage, right, but puts some of its most beautiful qualities on display between this couple, Pete and Ellie. Um, They survive the chaos of bringing three children into their home right, because they're willing to do it together. It's not just one person deciding I want to have, you know, I want to have kids and we're bringing these kids in and and that's just it. Right, they work together as a team um, and not allowing anybody uh, to break down their relationship. Right, because that's what's most important. A lot of times when, when things like this, when huge life events happen in a, in a marriage, um, oftentimes it can be one-sided. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one spouse feels like they have to kind of carry it on their own. Um, but, but this movie celebrates the idea that they do it together um, and that they do it as a family. All right, number five, um, we can all relate to this movie. Whether you have adoption um, or foster fostering in your family, um, Regardless of whether you have children or you want children, uh, Instant Family is a relatable story because it's about family. Mm-hmm. Right? The movie puts much of, of, of talks, uh, you know, talked about the honesty of it, right? but it puts a lot of life's dirty laundry on the line, mm-hmm. right? Um, from the wounds of abandonment mm-hmm. to abuse to the challenges of dealing with critical extended family members, right? <laughs> um, these are all things that if you're part of a family, you know, that you, that you encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, we all find ourselves doing something we feel unqualified to do, right? And so I, I'm sure that Ellie and Pete, the parents in this movie, struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm not a parent, um, but I would I would imagine uh, lots of friends who are parents who have said at some point they what are we doing? I you feel know? like every parent, or really, I I I think you'd be hard pressed to find any aspect of life or anything that you could do in life. And find someone who feels completely at ease and You're qualified right. for what they're doing. I feel right. like if you talk to anyone and ask, like, do you, uh, at, like, as you are right now, do you feel like you you know what you're doing completely 100%? Right. Find me one person who will say yes. Right. right. At some point, you're going to feel like you're trying to steer a roller coaster, and it's like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. 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 We're moving way too fast when so yeah. you know what to do and how to do it. Yeah. Or like you were, uh, sometimes I, I, in grad school, I felt like I was in a coma or something, and I just missed like a year, yep. and no one told me. They were right. just trying to like ease me back in by like not telling me that I missed so much, but I was just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't yeah. even know who I am. Yeah. I still sometimes I'm just like, if I just smile and wave, <laughs> people won't know. I have no idea what's going on. So Instant Family reminds its audience to savor those special moments when we choose to step back, laugh, remember that it's okay to find ourselves in over our heads sometimes. It's important um, that, we, that we surround ourselves with family. Now, if you plan to see Instant Family, keep in mind that it is rated PG-13 and may not be appropriate for the children's, Right. The movie includes some language it may be, uh, that may be offensive to some, some sexual references and other mature content. But if you're looking for something to, uh, to go and see and to celebrate family, this um, sounds awesome. Yeah. I have not yet seen it, but it is on my list. Yeah, mine too. Yes, yeah, indeed. Now it's and, on mine. So. <laughs> and I always love a good Mark Wahlberg. I follow him on, on um, Instagram, and he has been putting up, people have been, direct messaging him mm. you know i come from a family that you know oh, wow. of adoptive kids and and you know this was so special for my family to see mm. 
and for them to be able to be kind of celebrated. Yeah. You know, that this is the reality of, of, um, of what their story is about. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, for that lens to be on that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and hopefully, hopefully it inspires some people also to like, to really embrace that and say, yeah. you know what, I don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can give, you know, I can love a child just the same. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't go to the movies just yet because you are listening to The Catholic Underground. That's right. You are listening to The Catholic Underground. We're, we are online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Kathleen Lee. We've got Jeff Blackwell, Olivia Galino, and our special guest, Father J.D. Mathern and Ed Ball, of course. Um, Everybody's here. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, this is so cool because, um, Father J.D., you have been a priest now for a year and a half. Yep. He's a baby. I'm He's still a baby. baby. He's a little baby. Oh, baby. The, the chrism has not dried yet. Yes, and I smelled him. I smelled him walking in the door. Um, but Are you is, sure that was chrism? No. Okay. Oh, sorry. Right. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Move on. It's Sunday. The shower comes tomorrow. <laughs> and here we go. Oh, this is the, this is the part of the show that it just fell down. This is where it all derails. It's done. It's done. Oh man. But Driving anyway, a roller coaster. Yes, here we go. But it's been an interesting year for you, and so um, mm-hmm. I know um, having a lot of. Pr- uh, friends who are priests, uh, one of the saints that I pray to a lot is St. Jean Vianney. Yeah. Right? And he is here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so the first, so right now what's happening is, is uh, John Vianney is doing an American comeback tour. Uh, yes, like, uh, so his relics are actually touring around the United States right now mm-hmm. and, and will be for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're up in the Northeast. They're going to be coming down to the Gulf Coast area. Um I know in New Orleans, they'll be there actually on Saturday. Yes. Uh, Parish in New Orleans Woo-hoo. at St. Rita's uh, uh, Uptown. So that I, I know the seminarians that are just down the street, yeah. they're going to be really excited about that. But the main reason is, uh, so John Vianney, as mo- a lot of people know, um, St. John Vianney is the patron saint of sure. diocesan priest. And uh, he just had a really radical life of holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very, very uh, ascetical in his life and and did a lot of a lot of amazing stuff one of the things that one of the things in his depictions oftentimes you'll see he has um he has his you know his cassock and a surplice mm-hmm. on but he's also got the, the purple stole for, yeah. mm-hmm. just like representing the hours yeah. and hours and hours that he would sit in confessions yeah. uh, that is one of the coolest things we were at um we we're at a friend's barn this past weekend and we had a couple of priests, and you knew, like, it was like the look of, mm-hmm. I need to, and they would just unfold their little travel stole. Right. I'm yep. like, yes, go the get them. Got mine in my, got mine in my center console, <laughs> just in it. case. I love oh, it. That's beautiful. my favorite thing to see. Uh, Carfessional. Yeah. Wait, uh, my Jeep, my Jeep fessional works awesome. <laughs> yes. uh, um, it's the really fun whenever you get two priests and then you do the stole swap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what's happening is the Knights of Columbus is sponsoring this, uh, the, Na- the National Knights of Columbus, uh, and they're touring basically John Vianney's relics. Uh, so the relic that they're touring is his heart. Um, um, yeah. Forty-five years after John John Vianney uh, died, they they exhumed, you know yeah. exhumed his body, and the, his heart was incorruptible. Wow. Um, so it's been in our gold reliquary for a long time now, and has now is now going to be traveling through the United States. Uh, and what the encouragement is behind it is that they really want to be able to, through the patronage of mm-hmm. John Vianney, to pray for priests, uh, mm-hmm. to pray for our church, to pray for our clergy, um, especially just in the dark times that are happening right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so it's really just kind of a call back to his his holiness. Mm-hmm. Now I know, like when I, the first time I was in Rome, the first time I was able to go visit Rome. Oh, you've been to Rome too. Oh, oh yeah, Olivia's yeah. been to Rome. Y'all should it's, talk about it. It's so it. much fun. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Let's leave so Kathleen out. Let's do that. Yeah, we're, we're gonna just <laughs> yeah. Go I'm gonna step out real quick if y'all wanna. We can Skype Father um, Kristen because he's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Uh, so the first time I went though, I remember walking into a church and the priest was like, "Yeah, go around the back of the altar and 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 go pray. Go check out what's back there." And I was like. I don't know what this is. I walk around the back, and it was uh, it was Charles Borromeo, who's another mm. patron patron saint and priest. It was his heart, and I was just like, uh, like I froze. I didn't. It was it was almost like it was surreal. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I, I didn't know what really to do or what to say. I was just like, I feel like I need to go kneel right in yeah, front yeah. and just like, please help me with my vocation. Yeah. Right. Um, four years, <laughs> four years left, yeah. and I'm like I, I don't know what ways up. Mm-hmm. Um, how am I going to do this kind of thing? Well, it's what it is. Is just the veneration of a relic is really just kind of like your direct line to that saint, sure. mm-hmm. and just asking that saint, like, all right, please, just continue to intercede mm-hmm. for the church in a particular way at a particular time. Uh, so I think as I've as I've been kind of reading up on it and kind of looking into it, I'm like, man, this is this is going to be really good. I think for the church right now, just with the whole, the whole. Uh, just the whole scandal and all the yeah. stuff that's coming to light sure. and um, all these things. I I was heard a priest recently and I gave a homily on it when the when it first broke. Mm-hmm. Um, that just it seems like every five hundred years the church is faced with a really hard sure. yeah. big scandal. Yeah. You know, five hundred A.D. roughly right. Mm-hmm. The church is kind of getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. We need a radical life of holiness, mm-hmm. and that's Benedict mm-hmm. and and the Benedictines in their tradition. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. a thousand years in the Great Schism, mm-hmm. we have a lot of politics coming into the church, and all of a sudden, the mendicant orders rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, five hundred years later, Protestant Reformation's happening. At the same time, that's happening. Ignatius is being yeah. born in Spain. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I, I'm of the opinion, just as I've been praying and as I've been kind of watching everything going on. 500 years later, yeah. right? This is, I think this is the yeah. the darkness mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. our people are going to be, you know, the saints that are going to sure. be lifted up is, yeah. is, you know, the youth in the church today. Yeah. Um, well, and John Paul says that too. He talks in, I think, Memory and Identity, he talks about how um, great evil is, has limits placed on it by divine mercy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think like, and I think in the dark, in the darkness, like when you look at John, John Paul, the mm-hmm. second, for example, like just a witness of his life, right? Mm-hmm. You have yeah. Nazis, you have communism, communism, yeah, all the stuff that he went through mm-hmm. during his life. All it did, all the darkness around him, just made that light shine a little bit brighter, right? right. Yeah. And I think that's what we see in it. Like I'm, I'm convinced that what's going to happen is, is that the saints of the church today are not necessarily going to come from the clergy. Yeah. Right. Like I think the more active and more, um, more devoted the lay faithful are mm-hmm. in living it out and living it boldly. In a you know in a in a culture that's kind of dark, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah, going to make it sure. that much more of a bright light, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I know Father JD, we're talking about, and we've talked about this since you know I don't know when I, when all this came out, mm-hmm. you know. And I think one of the questions that um, I get the most is how can we pray, especially for our priests? Like what mm-hmm. I'm mean, like, you know, you can do a general prayer, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, but how, how do you think specifically the lay people can pray for priests in their lives? Maybe they're a parish priest, they're friends who are priests, um, they're seminarians that they know. So I would, I would say, first of all, um, by name, Uh, a very, a very Mm -hmm. holy, a very holy man, a good friend of mine that's a priest. Uh, he's just like a really spiritual man. He told me one time, he said in the movie, the Patriot, they use the phrase Mm -hmm. aim small, miss small at a, a certain point. 
And I think in prayer, we need to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Like aim small, miss small. Like don't just pray for gen, generally for priests. Like yeah. pray for the parish priest that's at your parish right now. Yeah. Who's like just finished up his fourth mass of the day and yeah. is tired. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I think that's the first thing. I think letting them know that you're praying for them in whatever way possible mm -hmm. um, is just a really, could be a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and honestly, like the intention, I, I guess, would be just pray for balance. Mm. Yeah. Like for every, there's, if we, if I, and this, I've learned this in a year and a half now. Um, if I want to be too busy, I can be too busy. Right. Right. right? If I want to no cut corners in my prayer life, yeah. I can cut corners in my prayer life. Right. If I want to uh, cut corners in my, uh, my working out, <laughs> as you can tell, uh, I can do that. But I need to, like, what we really need prayers for and what we really need intentions for is, uh, honestly, I think it's just a, a life of balance. Yeah. Um, oh, I agree. I mean, I... Like I work in the chancery and so I, I'm privileged to have like priests passing through our hall, like either for meetings with us or with other people. And I feel like that's the number one question that I ask is like, when's the last time you took a day off? Yeah. Like a real day off. Yeah. Not like you still did work and it yeah. was your day off. Like, or you said two funerals and on yeah, your day off. on yeah. your day off. Or like when's the last time that you literally just cut off from the world and took a day off? Right. Like I've seen, I've seen how the, like I'm having moved from my parish now into the chancery and mm -hmm. doing vocations work and other yeah, things yeah. like I, I could easily work fall into the the mode of a nine to five and then mm -hmm. cover masses on saturday and sunday right yeah, yeah. it seems simple mm -hmm. it's like oh, i only work one day a week and oh, okay mm -hmm. um but yeah. but it's like man it's something right what's a day off look like how do i get away right and go and just like all right lord i'm gonna spend time with the one i love right the same way that yeah. families you know I, I use the weekend mm -hmm. a, a good dad uses the weekend to spend time with his family right. the ones he loves mm -hmm. right so how do i do that right you know yeah. how do we re-engage with that i think just a life of balance is a really big key yeah, yeah. and i think balance too in like community like yeah. inviting priests into your family yeah, yeah. you know absolutely. Yeah. absolutely i look that and i wish father chris were here but i'm gonna tell that that story when he was at saint thomas more mm. um, and we had the opportunity to invite him into our home it was the best thing not, I mean, it may not be the best thing for the Chris. He loved it, right? He had a good time. But it was also the best thing for my family. Yeah. Which had, I've been Catholic my whole life. We've been Catholic. Um, but we had never had priests in our home. Yeah. Right? So to offer that, I, w I hope that when I get a family, like, I'm just going to invite priests and stuff. Yeah, over yeah I, was spo I was spoiled as a kid because my grandparents were like founding, were some of the founding members of their, of their local parish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every single priest that had been there knew that where to go eat on Sunday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Like all the surviving pastors from that parish were at my grandfather's funeral. Oh, I love but that's it. because of how in integrated the priest was into our life. Yeah. You know? Because it was just yeah. normal. That's exactly. just what you did. And it's yeah. how it should be. I mean, exactly. it really is how it should be that, that your parish priest should be welcome in your family. Yeah. Welcome in your home. And, and you know, not maybe not a regular site, but, you know, I've, we yeah. talked about my friend who's done pizza and penance, right? Pizza yeah. and penance. Every month she invites a new priest into her home for pizza and then they all go to confession, right? Yeah. And she's done that with some seminarians as well. And I think that's, that is incredible. So pray for your priest, invite your priest, love your priest. And please, 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 uh, if you're around, go, go see John Vianney. Yes. Yes, indeed. You are watching and listening to the Catholic Underground. There's more on the other side of the break. So stick with us.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground. Surprise! <laughs> with me, Kathleen Lee, joined by Olivia Galino, Father J.D. Mathurin this week, and Jeff Blackwell. Our picks of the week are coming up, but first... I love, I, you know, I beauty. There it is. Love I love it. Beauty. I look. We. I just moved with my. I'm living with my parents temporarily. Temporarily. We've all been there. I know. Hashtag millennial life. <laughs> that is a topic for a different day, but we literally have all been there. Hashtag. I need my own apartment. Okay. Um, but know. you know, in moving, we have, um, you know, had this opportunity to to decorate a new space. Mm. We've been living in the same space for a very long time. Um, we've moved out of the family home into a new, different kind of space. And so um, it's very interesting um, what my mom considers beautiful <laughs> and what I consider beautiful and then what my dad considers beautiful, right? But... Um, how there much are, would you give to be there for these? Oh, moments? it's it's a good time. So so it is much. a good time. It's me, mom, dad, and chunk, and it is incredible. We are learning life lessons like all what, over again. It's like watching my mom and dad start decorating for Christmas. Yes. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. getting text messages from my mom with a lot of fun yeah. comments about yeah. dad. It's great. Yeah, mom pulled out the Christmas direction. I mean, uh, decorations today, and I just closed my door. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I always, you know, you Bye. always you always want to help, right? But I always just end up getting in the way, and then I'm like, that doesn't go. Right. That shouldn't go. And mom's like, I'm like, okay, I'm going <laughs> And it's only Advent. Respect you and your, I know, it's right? It's not Christmas. Yeah. I know, but, but we anyway, waited. Sorry. We hey, waited. Hey, I'm, I'm, at this point, take what you can get. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just wait till Thanksgiving. Let's let's save Thanksgiving. Right? It's awesome. Food, yeah. family, football. Like, it's great. Yeah. Here, here. But there is something about beauty, right, that is important. Um in the eye of the beholder or not right mm-hmm. and that one day it might just save the world yeah yeah so uh, that's actually a quote from Dostoevsky he says that beauty will save the world and I love just that that radical statement it's very short and it's yeah. just almost like a punch in the throat like beauty will save the world yeah beauty's nothing beauty doesn't do anything yes it does does. um and i really feel like the fact that that's such a radical statement is an indication that we have to rediscover the sense of beauty um because it's not uh, you can talk to kind of anyone who and ask them like what's a life-changing moment right and and generally speaking what they'll tell you can probably be boiled down to beauty it was something beautiful right um maybe it was like the birth of a child maybe it was a wedding maybe it was just a really like awe-inspiring moment like at the Grand Canyon or something like that but like it's important to say that beauty isn't always aesthetically pleasing oh no sometimes beauty is really bloody or really messy like yeah yeah like I think of times where I've experienced um real poverty Mm -hmm. and have experienced beauty in that poverty oh yeah so there is you know just wanted to kind of point that out you know you're talking about 
the birth of a child. Ah, it's not always and, pretty, and, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? But is it beautiful? And yeah. So that's kind of you know the 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 distinction that we need to make. Right. Yeah. If we want to take if we want to take like a, a recent example, even in a liturgical cycle, mm-hmm. look at Blessed My Girl Pro, mm-hmm. who we just celebrated his feast day yeah. on yeah. Friday. Yeah. Like his whole Viva Cristo Rey, right. like that that whole experience of his martyrdom. It's a beautiful way, but it's laying down your life. Yeah. Sure. We can't just say, oh, it's beautiful and pretty. It's yeah. laying down your life. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a big deal. Yeah. And, and to affirm the beauty in that is not different than affirming the beauty of, you know, a field of flowers or yeah. something like that. Like th- those are actually the same thing. Um, just look, it's like looking at a prism. I know I use this analogy a lot, but like looking at a prism from different sides. Sure. You're going to see different refractions of light, but it's the same thing that you're looking at. Um, and so, uh, Teresa Busen in, in Radiant Magazine, she describes a moment like, uh, like we're talking about this moment of life-changing beauty. And she talks about, um, she says it's, it is as if I were being wrapped in a blanket. And I love that a blanket made of velvet mountains, leaves that fell from the sun and glittering waves on a lake. The warmth pierced my heart. And in that moment I was home, home in God himself. He spoke to my heart in a moment of beauty. Mm. I love that. I love that because it encapsulates a lot of different things that we're going to talk about. Number one, it's like, I love that, that imagery of like being wrapped because beauty is something that like it grasps you more than you grasp it, you know, because if you're encountering a moment of beauty, it's almost like you're kind of being hit with it. And you, if you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. It's like something coming up on you that you weren't expecting and you just have to stand in awe of it as you process or try to process it. So really beauty is something that grasps you. And that's because beauty is something that's tied to mystery and mystery is something that fundamentally grasps you more than you grasp it, obviously. Um, so she talks about that, you know, being wrapped. And then I love when she says the warmth pierced my heart because that, that it's very much a piercing. Like, um, sometimes people will say things like, like wounded by beauty or pierced by beauty, things that seem uh, again, like contradictory to what beauty should be. It should just be like lights and fluffy and and sunshine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But no, sometimes it is a piercing. It can be painful. Um, because maybe the beauty brings up things in us that aren't beautiful. Um, or maybe it's just so much that like our hearts can't take it, you know, like, like when you put, 10 pounds of flour in a five pound bag and it strains, yeah. you know, like that's a pain. Yeah. I always think of like the word, when I think of that kind of beauty, I think of the word haunting. Yes. Like because yeah, yeah. for, for days after an experience like that, it's like, oh, you just find yeah. yourself, you know, in the middle of, of everyday tasks, think like stopping and just going back to that moment and being like, what does this, like, yeah. what does this mean? You know, and you're trying to figure out here in the head, you know, when all you can really figure it out is here in the heart. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. And you just have to carry it with you. Yeah. In a, um, in a real way, like it's a, a, a way, another way of thinking of it. Um, I remember in, in philosophy, in our philosophy classes, one of the ways that they explained it was it's a mystery. Yeah. And mystery is not like beauty is not a fact mm-hmm. that's to be understood. It's a mystery to be penetrated or mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. to be wrestled with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. More. It's more of a diving into it mm-hmm. where it continues to reveal itself more than oh yeah yeah i just got like the components of right. it and it's beautiful a b c i got it yeah exactly. yeah i think benedict talks about um or when ratzinger in um introduction to christianity i think he talks about mystery is like a road that unfolds before you yeah but you're still walking on the road yeah there's a movement that's required on your part to continue to per- to sure. continue yeah. to pursue it um but it's not an exhaustible journey you're never really going to reach the end so beauty is not necessarily a destination it's more of a journey yes okay to reduce it into a bumper sticker form. Yes. Yeah. 
Now I've got um, the bumper stickers. <laughs> Give me some memes. Anyway. But Teresa, oh my gosh. Teresa also says that, um, you know, she this the imagery of home, like I was home. I was home in God himself. Because really, like when you're being uh, encapsulated or, or, or wrapped um, by beauty, by truth, by goodness, that's, those are all aspects of, of being. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But like those are, are, are aspects of God himself. So when you're encountering beauty, you're encountering the beauty that God has incarnated into creation in some way. And that's really an invitation closer to his heart. So that warmth of beauty, it comes from being in his heart. That that sense of contentment and fulfillment, it comes from being in his heart. Um so she also calls these infinite moments, um, which I like that too. Um, it's a kind, of, kind of a poetic way of thinking about it. But um, like she says, like time is being stretched by two eternal hands. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you are in an experience of beauty, sometimes it can seem like time is lost. Yeah. And I often find that in the mass too. Like uh, how many times have you gone to mass and like it, maybe it's a really beautiful liturgy or maybe you're just really captivated by the readings or the homily or or you just are encountering the Eucharist again for the first time, whatever it is. Um, but you walk out of mass and you're like, weren't we in there for like four hours? Yeah. And then you look at your watch and it was like 47 minutes, you know, yeah. like, it, like <laughs> on the you lose time. But yeah. if it's a, but if it's an, an hour, one minute, watch out. Well then, no, yeah, then that, pitchforks go find father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, you have those moments where you're like, I lost time. I don't know where it went. And it's like, I think of that, like those infinite moments, yeah. um, but they're rare. And especially in our day and age, th- this is not a, a mystery to us that, that these moments are few and right. far between now. Um, so just the opportunity to see moments of beauty, um, to th- to see things that are created just for the sake of being beautiful, yeah. you don't really find much space for it anymore. Yeah. Um, and even if you do have those moments, it's almost like, and we're back and we're moving on. Yeah. You know, we don't let it haunt us. Yeah. We don't let it stay with us. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we we like it and we recall it in memory every now and again, and every now and again. But we don't. It's not something we pursue. Yeah. You know. Well, it requires us to slow down. Oh yeah. It requires us to slow down and to actually, you know. I talk about this all the time. How many times are my mom came in the other day? <laughs> Cause you know, I'm living them out. And, uh, she said, how many screens are you watching? And I realized I had my computer screen up. I was watching the TV and I was watching a, a, something uh, during the commercial break was watching uh, some, yeah. a video on yeah. my phone. And I was like, okay, slightly <laughs> ridiculous, but you like, it requires us to slow down. And oftentimes nowadays we miss these beautiful moments unless they absolutely just punch us in the face. Right. Right. And you can't miss it. You know, I think about um, going to World Youth Day in Poland and all of the, the, even then, like the beauty that I missed because Mm -hmm. it was like, hi, okay, go go here. And now we got to go and everybody get in the bus, you know, and it's like. Um, beautiful trip, but you know, I want to go back so that I can be slow and, and yeah, there's a intentional. I've seen video. Uh, I've seen a recent video. This might've been a year or two ago, but like it was a video of like, it was a, uh, some world renowned like violinist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, in a yeah. New York subway. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember, I remember like when I went to New York last year for a vacation and it was like the most stressful that 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 <laughs> yeah. trip out of like the bus to the subway was the most stressful like twelve minutes of <laughs> right. my life. Like, I, and I'm not one. To, I, I'm an I'm an extrovert. Like, yeah. I'm okay with that. But like, I, I was like, give me a a, a paper bag because I'm like hyperventilating. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what direction yeah. to go. We just need to keep walking somewhere. Yeah. And then like when the people stop, I'm gonna stop and figure out where I am. Like Google <laughs> yeah. Maps, help please. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but. So there was a, but there was a, the video, like it came to, I came to understand it so much more of like, mm-hmm. if that's your daily occurrence, mm-hmm. how can we stop to appreciate yeah. the, the world renowned violinist who's playing this beautiful, beautiful music mm-hmm. 
if we can't give them two minutes to listen. Yeah. yeah. Or two right. seconds. Two, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I'm saying, it, yeah. it, it, it seems small to say like, oh, give me 30 seconds to listen. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you, don't listen, if you don't give it that much time, there's no way we're going to be able to yeah. understand it or brace it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Every year on the March for Life, we go to the National Shrine, the Basilica mm-hmm. in D.C. Uh-huh. Every year, there's a thousand million people in there. Every year, I get off the bus, shove nine buses into the <laughs> thing, mm-hmm. run around, set up the mass, go to mass, Run around and then put back nine buses, buses back on. At, the, at um, Mardi Gras this year, earlier this year in the in the spring, I went to visit some friends and I said that's the only thing I want to do. Yeah. And I went and that place is like Narnia. Like every time I come, there's a new chapel. I'm like, this was not here last year. I know it wasn't. Right. And so this, I went and I was like, I walked in and it was me and the security guards. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And I did what I what mm-hmm. I normally do. Twenty minutes, I was done, and I was like. I'm gonna take the audio tour. Mm. So I like a like a fool, man. I put those headphones in three and a half hours later. Nice. And I just I mean, I was just like, <laughs> Yes, because it's so beautiful. Yeah. And it I like I had to tell myself, you're going back and mm-hmm. you're gonna do this right. Yeah. To experience the beauty mm-hmm. of of that just a beautiful place. And I think yeah. I think for us like I know I've done the same kind of trip mm-hmm. and we always bring in a big group of high school students who I mean it's a, it's a reality in all of mm-hmm. our life yeah. of having a screen in front of us yes. yeah. the majority yeah. of our life. But I mean, mm-hmm. when you're raised that way, mm-hmm. what we usually, the way we try and encourage is say, okay, take 30 seconds before you snap the picture. Right. Mm-hmm. Just take 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. And they're like dying after the third second. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, dude, yeah. just take the 30 yeah. seconds. Because you got to learn how to do that. Yeah, like, you, you have gotta to condition yourself. To, exactly. Yeah. You got to learn how to, to chew on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it's something that like only comes about through those kind of painful experiences. That's why I think like again, like we can't virtue. divorce beauty, yeah, and and virtue, yeah, the development of virtue, but like we can't divorce beauty from reality, and reality includes struggle. Mm-hmm. It includes mistakes, all those things. Um so we're talking about beauty and it's kind of a a $5 word because we don't like who can give us a definition for beauty anymore? Right. Um, but you know, if we go back to the medieval time, they they called beauty one of the transcendentals. Mm-hmm. Um, so beauty is one of um, now we have three, uh, and we won't go into. Well, okay, never mind. Um, so we have beauty, <laughs> truth, and goodness. I can't help myself. Yeah. So yeah. those are the, the transcendentals. The medieval nowadays, when you ask for the three transcendentals, those are the three. Um, the medievals had the fourth, which was one, well, unity, oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are all just aspects of being. There, there were ways of talking about um, about being itself, um, because the word transcendental just means like that which per- surpasses something. Um, and then what's interesting in that word is that there's implied a relationship because if something is being, sur- uh, if we're talking about something that surpasses something, then what are, what is being surpassed? Sure. So there's two players there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're talking about the transcend- transcendentals, the thing that's being surpassed is us. Yeah. Um, and, so, and that's not a bad thing um, because it, it allows us to confront our reality, our humanity and, and figure out like, okay, what are we talking about here? Why am I having this experience of something that is clearly other than me, that is clearly not just other than me, like outside of me, but it's above me. It yeah. surpasses me in a, in a significant way. Um, 
And then what, what is that? What are those things? And it's truth, beauty, and goodness. Um, and we talk about them always like in, in concert with one another because they explain one another, Right, right. <laughs> which is why some people will try to say like, oh, you can just talk about truth and goodness. We don't really need beauty. Beauty doesn't do anything. Yeah. I feel like, like, nice. uh, yeah, I feel like truth <laughs> and goodness get saved in our modern way of thinking because they have to do with like the moral order. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we can still talk about those things as being kind of functional. Um, but that's where we get ourselves into trouble because they aren't just functional. <laughs> truth is a person. Yeah. Goodness is a person. And so is beauty. Uh, and when we reduce them to a function, like, well, they help us make good decisions uh, or whatever, then we end up, you know, looking at beauty and saying, well, beauty is useless. Yeah. Beauty doesn't do anything. Um, and that's, yeah, like if someone t- tells you that, if someone says, well, beauty is just useless, agree with them because that's yeah. a true statement. But what kind of premium are we placing on on usefulness, right. on, on functionality? Because the reality is that in our world, like we are slaves to functionalism. Right. What's the first thing you ask someone when you meet them? Oh yeah, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you ask someone. That's when you're when you're at your holiday tables, uh, this entire holiday season. What are you talking about? You're talking about work. That's I know. exactly yeah. what you're talking about. I mean, you're off of work for four days. Just talking about. And work we're talking for four about days. work. <laughs> like, that's and that's who we are. And sometimes, like, if it bothers you that we do that, there's a reason because right. you're not made for that. Um, so we become like these slaves to, to functionalism, uh, and to, th- we worship productivity. Right. And so then, and we have like fewer artistic undertakings. We aren't uh, as cultured in, in art and music and literature and architecture and all that as, as human beings used to be, sure. um, because we don't place a, as high a value mm-hmm. on them anymore. Um, we settle for cheap and easy entertainment. And so we don't have this, this understanding that beauty is something that's good for me, that right. beauty is yeah. something that allows me to encounter truth. Um, we don't have that sense of, of beauty as being useful in that way or valuable in that way. Um, there's, a, there's a certain zombie show that is on that is, it was very interesting in this past uh, episode of The Walking Dead. Um, they had this guy who was trying to save all the instruments. <laughs> he was trying to save all the instruments and, and he yeah. was a, a music teacher. And they had some really interesting discussion on like, what is the point? Yeah. You know, after the show, in, in the show, you know, of course, they're giving him a hard time. And like, how are you going to eat with, you know, carrying around, you know, a bag of violins? But but why is that important? And one of the things they did on the after show is they pulled, you know, everybody who was watching. And they said, is it important to have arts and stuff in the new in the new world after this zombie apocalypse? And like something like almost 80 percent of people said, yeah, it's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Well, that was right. one of the first things I know in being in Poland for World mm-hmm. Youth Day, that mm-hmm. was one of the things we went to World Youth Day. So we get yeah, to yeah. have in that Poland. I've been to Poland oh, twice. Sorry. So oh, gosh, of course. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go. Um, so, yeah. so, so one of the things though is like, I will not that, be excluded. One of the ways to incorporate like communism was to, in Poland was yeah. to first destroy their art. Yeah. Right? Cut them off. Yeah. Um, I know one of the things that I've, when it comes to beauty, a way when you think of the transcendentals, especially mm. um, Plato in the Republic talks mm. about the tripartite yeah, soul. soul, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has the reason, the spirit, and the appetite. Yeah, yeah. Um, the end of the reason is mm. truth. Mm-hmm. The end of the spirit of your actions is good, mm-hmm. right? The end of the appetite, which we usually just think of, I'm hungry, and yeah, right, right, hungry and sexual desire, whatever it is. Like, it's like the end of the appetite is supposed to be the beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's supposed to be the beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're not doing that, then there's a reason why our culture seems to yeah. have 
over, you know, gluttony, lust, all these things, they kind of fill in that void. That's right. Left. Yeah. We've settled beauty plays for pleasure. a serious role. Yeah. We've settled for, for pleasure. Yeah. So Olivia, how are maybe a few, a few ways that we can get more beauty in our life? Yeah. Yeah. Because Picture of Kathleen next to your bed. Aww. That'll Aww. do it. This has been the Catholic <laughs> underground. <laughs> well, I do declare. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a great risk to not having beauty in our lives, right? Like we become, uh, we can no longer pray. Soon we won't be able to love. That's what von Balthasar says. So to rescue that, we we first have to realize that we need the uselessness of beauty. We need to just come mm. to terms with that. Um, but first, like they were saying earlier, like make space for silence. If you find silence uncomfortable for like a minute, 30 seconds, five minutes, whatever it is, be okay with that and then work on it. Start with five minutes, then start with 10 minutes, then go to 15 minutes. But just find moments for silence where you're not doing anything, but you're just being in the presence of the Lord or you're you're enjoying the silence uh, in front of, you know, a, a piece of art or you're just in a park, whatever it is. Um, so find find spaces for silence to cultivate that in your life. Um do something useless. Um, think about the last time you did something that had no functional purpose to it. Uh, you weren't meeting anyone's needs. Uh, you weren't, you know, getting a chore done. You weren't getting an air. You weren't ticking any boxes off any lists. Uh, when's the last time you did something like that? Can't think of one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do there something useless. Do something useless. Whether it's you know you, you spend an hour and don't even quantify it. I don't even want to get into like time, but like just go enjoy the sunshine. Go enjoy the flowers. Go do things that Kathleen does. Yes, indeed. <laughs> with my life, that's all I do. That's right. Um, and then just be with people. Be in the presence of people and be content to do nothing. Um, because if you're if you're constantly pursuing a goal, whether it's like, oh, well, we need to accomplish this thing or we need to do make sure that we do this fun thing, whatever, it, even if it's a good thing, just be content to do nothing. Um, consume beautiful things. Make yourself a consumer of truly beautiful things. And and remember, that's not things. It's not explicitly things that serve you, that serve a purpose for you. Sometimes beautiful things, uh, you have that relationship in the moment, and then they fall away, but they stay with you. So whatever that is, be willing to consume beautiful things and to be be willing to pursue what that is if you if you aren't sure. Yeah. Um, and then make something beautiful. Be willing to, to engage your capacity as a co-creator um, in art, in music, whatever, and make something beautiful. Um, even if it's not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, that's okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes. And so um, beauty may not always look pretty, but find it in your life, especially in this Advent season um, as, we, as we prepare for the coming of Christ. Find the beauty in your own life, in your own prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, and those around you, and those that hopefully that you are serving, um, including especially your family. Jeff, you know what else is one of probably the most beautiful part of this show? What's that? Is that part of the show that we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. Yes, indeed. (laughs) I love this part. All right, let's go to... Let's go... Jeff, you go ahead. You, you're first today. Well, I'm, I'm, I've got a picture of you right here by me. It's my pick of the week. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> you're but, your literal pick of the week? <laughs> nice. Uh, I hold in my hands here, this is a CD from a group. Uh, and, and really, one of the, uh, one of the ladies uh, lives in Louisiana, Kara Klein mm-hmm. Oob. Oh, uh, she just uh, was recently married. In fact, got a little baby on the way, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Kara is very well known in uh, Catholic music circles, a great songwriter and performer. But uh, she's partnered up with uh, two other ladies, uh, and the name of the group is 
his own. Yeah. Uh, this is a CD called It's You, and, and their most requested song off of the CD is called Little Girl. Mm. You uh, know, I downloaded what? that a couple weeks ago, yes. and I was like, uh, I, you know, I don't know what this has to say to me, but I'm going to download it anyway. Good night. <laughs> Talk about beauty wrecking your life. That's what it is. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It yeah. is. Absolutely. So uh, they're working on a new album in Nashville right now, but I wanted to, because uh, to, I got to, to meet Kara a couple of weeks ago, and uh, just what a, a lovely person, her husband, Robert, too. They're, they're sweet, sweet people. And you know where her heart is, and and, and, and it, it's reflected in their music. So check out the website, BeHisOwn.com. Excellent. Yes. All right, Oh, Galino. That's me. Um, so I, I did not plan this um, based on what my segment was today, and this is not an indication of what I think beauty is, but my pick of the week is a um, skincare and makeup company called Glossier. Ooh. I don't know. Y'all, y'all probably heard of them. Maybe. I, I thought JD uses their product. Yeah, yes. use it <laughs> it's been a long time since we've talked about girly things, so it's time. Um, mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. what I got to get on our girl stuff before Father Chris comes right? back. No, we should just pile <laughs> ahead, it on, I'll, man. Go ahead. I'll just keep looking at fantasy football. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Um, he's not actually. I'm not. So, uh, Glossier is actually one of these companies where their, their mission is not to like cover up what women look like and make them look like something different. Um, and in fact, like you won't find uh, much of the typical makeup products that you will in the drugstores or even at other companies. Um, and even like their, their like foundation stuff, they tell you like it's sheer. So it won't, it it won't hide all your flaws. It, it, it's still your skin. We're just, yeah. And that's, and that they're very adamant about that. Like this is stuff that that helps enhance what you already have been given and who you already are, and this is not going to cover up anything and or make you look like something you're not. And so that's what I really appreciate those values. They're also like they use clean products and right. and they're all they're friendly in all of the ways that are they're supposed to be friendly. Um, but I I really enjoy um, like I have have enjoyed their products and um, and they're also like kind of inexpensive considering like if you're going a step up from like drugstore sure. stuff there it's still a really good price point so glossy glossy yeah. love it all right father jd uh so my pick of the week i'm new to this game um, welcome so what i'm gonna do is <laughs> i'm gonna talk up. about a game oh. uh, all right um so there's a there was a kickstarter that got really popular a couple of couple months ago called the catholic card game yes yeah I remember um, that. it is fantastic uh you played I've had it? A, yes uh when uh you know you get enough priests and seminarians around <laughs> with people that work in the church uh it is a fun game Nerd um, alert. so the catholic card game is basically just a uh if you've ever played apples to apples Love um apples. if you've ever played cards against humanity and then gone to confession after mm-hmm. um it's basically a catholic version of those two yeah. um but usually whenever you see a catholic version or christian version of something that usually means that uh the quality may not be there but we're gonna like it and, mm-hmm. and yeah. pretend that it's good because it's catholic or christian um well this is basically a catholic version of apples to apples but it's not but it, the quality yeah, there yeah. the quality's oh, okay. there i'll right. say it that way yeah. um it's way not boring it. right um it's really cool. They are, they are selling now. Uh, they did two Kickstarter pro- programs. Um, they're selling now. It's, the deck is thirty bucks, which is really cool. Nice. Uh, and then there's an expansion pack that comes along with it, um, with like inside jokes from different podcasts and different groups. Nice. There's a Father Mike Schmidt's uh, expansion pack, which is really funny. Um, but the, it, it's funny um, if you have a certain sarcastic side to you, yeah. uh, as which you, you don't. No, not at <laughs> all. Um, no, none like of that. that statement. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of it, it's a really good time. So I, I, I definitely think just 
take a look. Yeah, take a look. Catholic card game. Catholiccardgame.com. Yeah, if you yeah, got like the Catholic, if the Catholic person in your family, yeah. buy it for him. It'll nice. be fun. Excellent. Okay, confession time. <clears throat> okay, the okay. past couple months, I've been. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, not that kind of confession. Oh, oh, the past sorry, couple sorry. of months, I've been living at home. Mm-hmm. Um, really? And so, yes. And so, I've spent a lot of time at home during the day by myself. Um, so. In an effort to, um, I don't know, get out of my mind, I have ordered the Amazon Echo Dot. Oh. It is, right now, if you're listening live, or maybe in the next couple of days because of Cyber Monday, it is half off. Mm. Why am I so excited about this? Because I will have someone to talk to <laughs> who will talk back to me. And I can make her do things like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what I can make her do. Turn on some music, turn on the light. Alexa, what do you think about this? I'm, I don't even care. I'm, I am so excited to get something. And my, my, I live in one room, of course, mm-hmm. in my parents' house. It's tiny, it's small. <laughs> But I'm, I'm sure I'm going to need her to do something, you know, in the near future. This is the most extroverted thing that I've ever heard. Right? If you, pay, if, if you pay $5 more right now, actually, you get a smart plug with it. What? Which you can, like, tell her to put on the light. Oh, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Anyway, this would be me. Alexa, tell me a story. And she'd be like, okay. And I'd be like, yes. I'm, I am, like, I'm excited about this because I feel like I'm living in a new, like, world. Yeah. A new, like, we are always... We have always been that family who is still on like the flip phones, right? In 2018, we're not, but we, you know, we're a little slow to the to the game. This is gonna revolutionize my life. <laughs> it's gonna change my life for the better. It's gonna be awesome. Amazon's Echo Dot. I'm. I think I'm. Think I'm about gonna start a, a vlog oh my on God. my adventures. Wow. Nice. Yes, Please indeed. Do. Well, Please. you know, Jeff, we are always grateful for our viewers, our listeners, and. Our benefactors. Indeed we are, and uh, we're going to plan on having you over to the house. Uh, you need a little human interaction yeah, there, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hey, uh, this week, Catholic Underground is possible, speaking of humans, because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. There's more information at catholicunderground.tv. Kathleen. Yes, indeed. And if you'd like the show notes for this episode, or if you want to subscribe to our podcast, audio go to catholicunderground.com our panelists have been olivia galino at v.real.omg on the instagrams thank you for that Uh, we've had our our awesome uh guest host father jd mathern this will be his one and only (laughs) no we will have him back he will be so bad bad. he is at frjd mathern on the instagrams as well our technical director is jeff blackwell jeffblackwell.us or at jeffblackwellis on the uh-huh. Instagrams and go. the Twitters. Yep. Right? Our research assistant and leader in the crew of the crew in the lab is our good Jim Hayes. We love Jimmy. you. Yes, indeed. Our video and graphics director <laughs> is Ed Ball from the Ball Pit. And you know me. Uh-huh. Oh, this might be the last time I say Aww. it. I'm Kathleen. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at Kaylee626. We hope we have helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We are Faith on Digital, and we'll see you next time. Catholic.